This, 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 Welcome to podcast episode number 826. We are the Fight Disciples. This is your MMA preview for the weekend coming up. Las Vegas is the destination for a little bit of light heavyweight action. Before we get stuck into it, please subscribe to us. You can do it via our website, fightdisciples.com. Every audio feed under the sun is there. And we are also available to watch on our YouTube channel, Fight Disciples. Thank you so much. If you've already become a Fight Disciple on YouTube, we're trying to grow the community there. Uh, If you can help us out, that'd be great. Get over there, hit the button. You'll never miss out on any of the content that we are making and bringing your way. And of course, hopefully throughout the course of the year, as we touch down on the ground at UFC events, those daily diaries will be coming your way. They'll be cleaner this year, though, because we're off the booze. Temporarily. We're off the booze now. By the time we get to maybe a UFC event, that might change. All right? Mm -hmm. Of course. Uh, And there's plenty of big plans throughout the course of the year, of which hopefully uh, all those fight disciples will be all together at an event of which we can all enjoy and uh, and be merry together. There you go. Um, shall we start with news? There, yes. Do you, know what I, do, you know what, do you know what I love? I absolutely love... You a get Dana White Instagram video. Oh, man, I, love, I, love it. I can't get enough of it. I wake up in the morning and obviously, like the majority of people, first thing you do, you check your phone, don't you? Right, nobody's messaged me great. Everything's, everything's sound. Everybody's alive. Everything's good overnight. That's good. Uh, I'll just have a quick... <laughs> I'll have a quick scroll on social media just to see what's what before I go downstairs and have my coffee. And obviously, I must be on his account a lot because it, it works off an algorithm, doesn't it? It gives you your preferences, early doors. It gives you your first video, your favorite. You'll like this one. Instagram goes, you'll like this video. And there he is in the war room, Mr. White. What's up, everybody? I've got a new announcement for you. And he's dropped another one uh, over the last... Uh, 24 hours. We knew that we were going to get some type of UFC 300 information this week. Dan has come in and he's given us our first title fight for UFC 300. And it is, of course, Weili Zhang against Yan Xiaonan. I'm going to be honest, slightly surprised they've gone with this at 300. I thought that this fight was made for China. I thought it was made for for Asia. Obviously, having two, uh, uh, well, one Chinese champion and one uh, Chinese number one contender fighting each other for the first time in UFC history. It just yep. would have been astronomical if you'd have done this on a local time zone. But UFC 300 is massive. It is astronomical. So you probably put the big groundbreaking fights on there as well, don't you? And it absolutely is that. Um, Listen, it's the fight. There's no doubt about it. We, we said it, didn't we? I think last week, last time yep. we spoke, or maybe just before Christmas, Wei Li versus Yan Xiaonan was the fight to make in this division. The only question that we had as to where it was going to drop, it's dropping on UFC 300. Yeah, wasn't UFC 200 the first event at the T-Mobile as well? Don't quote me on that, but I think I think that's I think that I think that might <laughs> be right. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> I think that might be right, but it might be wrong. So okay. don't use that like on that. any other yeah. show. Oh, yeah. yeah, you know full well. You know full well that other people that make podcasts work in TV, especially in the MMA and boxing. They're going to use they that now. To us, and then they go and take everything that we say and they go and use it elsewhere. So if that pop, pops up somewhere, I'll go. Ha, 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 ha. We should do that. We should start putting false facts in the show to see what pops up on other people's broadcasts. Love Absolutely. It. Anyway, uh, go on. Well. Fascinating fight because obviously Yan Zhao Nan is the love child of Steven Seagal. 
which most people don't know. That's in really <laughs> interesting. Please, right? Let's. You're gonna to have to tell me about these facts pre-show because if you just drop them in, right? I'm of course gonna react like that, which then highlights the fact that it's utter bullshit. <laughs> oh dear! Taken on right. Bruce Lee's granddaughter. <laughs> it's a fight you for the ages. More, you couldn't get more inappropriate. If you could, if you tried, the walk, the walk oh, people will be after you, pal. Watch yourself. <laughs> anyway, yeah, listen, incredible fight. Um, mm. I think what it does do is guarantees that UFC 300 does astronomical numbers over in China because the yeah. sell over there, I'm sure, is going to be huge. You're talking about Zhang Weili as the established champion. When you look at what she does in China in terms of advertising, she works with like L'Oreal, all the big, huge oh, brands. Big time. She's like the poster girl for. So this is a huge fight for that part of the world, huge fight for Asia. I think the knock-on effect means big numbers. I think the UFC, let's be honest, when they go, right, let's match these two together because they're both in incredible form, by the way. The two, for me, the standout store weights on the planet right now today. And let's hope... We get a 25-minute fight of the year contender because part two takes us to China later in the year. I think that's yeah. what the logic is kind of behind it. But this is UFC 300, you know, and we've been waiting patiently for title fights. Dana said on the video, two or three more title fights to be announced for this card in the coming days. That's what UFC 300, that's what these anniversary events look like. You're talking about two, three, maybe even four title fights in some way, shape, or form headed to these cards. So brace yourself. Gaethje's coming. I think Leon Bilal's probably coming in the next few days. I think we're only going to get some bigger fights and hopefully maybe even we get Tom Aspinall out there as well. And what guys, I do not know, but I think the next couple of days are going to be fascinating to see which direction they take UFC 300 in. Probably going to be our first event on the ground of the year. April Whoa. 13th, cannot Calm wait. Down. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm working my ass off with some sponsors here to try and get to Miami some. We need yeah. to get some Miami, oh, Miami in our life. Miami. Oh, my word. What a fight card that is for Miami, by the way. MVP's debut. Got to be there. Unbelievable. Unbelievable fight card. Mm. Yeah. Um, just on 300, you're right in what you're saying. It, it kind of insinuates to me that there's going to be at least three world title fights. Um, I'm a fan of that fight. I think it's great. Um, Listen, the noise on the ground is that it's going to be Leon and Bilal. That's, Leon's obviously back in the lab. He's doing his work. And I know that Bilal's obviously, I think he's working with Team Habib, isn't he, um, in order to prepare for this. So I'm anticipating that being a fight that gets announced uh, for UFC 300. Um, what's the other one? Do you see Alex Pereira being back out, light heavyweight? Where's Jamal Hill at at the moment? What, yeah, what's his injury? that's a million-dollar question, isn't it? What's his injury status? Yeah, I don't know. To be honest with you, I don't know what what it, where he's at or whether he's even back in training. But that's the obvious fight to make at light heavyweight. Well, um, on that then. Well, on that. If he's not fit, could you see the main event from this weekend being turned around quick enough to go and fight Alex Pereira at UFC 300? Yeah, absolutely. Don't forget, Prachka versus Rakic is already on the undercard here as well, which would give you a guaranteed backup fighter 
if there was mm-hmm. something happened to the main event, i.e. Alexander mm-hmm. Rakic, more than likely getting an opportunity. So that wouldn't surprise me, yeah. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Does Yan Jaonan versus Yang Wiley, does Leon Edwards versus Bilal Mohamed, does Ankalaev versus Alex Pereira, does that tickle the testicles enough to inspire UFC 100 to be one of the greatest UFC cards in history. Bear in mind, UFC 100, UFC 200 were two of the, the biggest pay-per-view events that they, they've ever done. I ain't finished yet. I ain't finished. Because you put them three on, right? Yes. They're, your, they're, your, they're your three that you look at and you go, well, yeah, absolutely. Bilal's earned his right to fight for a world title and he's taking on uh, Leon Edwards, who's in the prime of his life right now. The super fight for China absolutely deserves to be on a big state, a big event like that. But quite possibly the fighter of last year, Alex Pereira. Yeah, you know, if it's Ankalaya from this weekend, whatever, man. You look at those contenders and you think light heavyweight, it's a hot potato. Yep, brilliant. That's another great fight. But then you also need a cherry on top of that cake, don't you? You've, like Dana says, two or three. So they're working on possibility of four world title fights on UFC 300. That or in itself is a title fight, not necessarily world title fights. Could be nah, interim. Got... Could be BMF. Well, okay, all right. Four title fights. Okay, I like that. I like the way you've done that. So four title fights could be on this card. Listen, we've got an interim champion here, haven't we? Yeah. Listen, man. He's going back and forth on social media. He's causing bloody mayhem. Everybody's kicking off. It's all getting a little bit arsy. We know that he's not going to be fighting either Stipe or John Jones, right? Stick it to one side. Get Tom Aspinall on UFC 300 and get on the phone to Brock. Fuck it, man. <laughs> let's, let's just do it. If they're not going to play the game, let's play a different game. Get Brock Lesnar in the octagon. Brock, you know what I mean? He did UFC 200. Let's do the anniversary. Brock, come on, sunshine. You don't even have to go into this new testing pool that we've got. Just fucking jump in there, lad, and have a little bit of a dance with Tom Aspinall. There's your cherry. Woo-hoo-hoo! Let's go. How old, how old is Brock these days? Don't care. Don't care, mate. Don't care. <laughs> let's, let's make it happen. Well, he was on UFC 100. He was on UFC 200. You're bringing him back for UFC 300. I like it. I like where your head's at. Yeah. Jim Miller's fighting this weekend as well, of course. Nice. Hopefully he comes out unbanged up, safe as houses, because he has to be. They'd have promised me. It's happening. 300. Yeah. In all seriousness, what would you do? What 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 could... We... I know that you're all in on Ronda, but who would you put Ronda against? Anyone. Misha Tate, Holly Holm. Anybody, really. Um, and you could even make that a, 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 a BMF. Like yeah, a, a BMF. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, something like that because the Ronda is a, a an ass kicker. But I don't know. It's been very quiet. It's been foot. There's been bits on social media of Ronda hitting bags and everything else. But I, I thought it would have. I thought it's it would have been announced Nick. by now. I thought it would have been announced happening. by now. Stop it, man. And, I, and for what it's worth, I don't think Brock's a thing either. No, no. Could we get Gaethje in? Could we do something with Gaethje? Well, that's why I said the BMF. The BMF is certainly a, an opportunity there. I, honestly, I'm 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 shocked. That the saving Connor till July. I really am shocked to saving Connor till July. June. It's, it's early this year, isn't it? It's the 20th. Oh, it's June 30th, June. isn't it? Sorry, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. I'm I'm surprised because for me, UFC 300 as an event should trump International Fight Week, which we get every year, which is the signature event every year. Don't get me wrong. 
But for me, it's just a signature event on a calendar of great events. Abu Dhabi's a great event. New York in November's a great event. London in March, great event. It's part of the fixture list. I'm used to there being great events. UFC 300, these anniversary events come along every, what, five, six years? I'm surprised they haven't gone Connor with Chandler as the main event in a whatever belt you want. In fact, it's Connor. You don't even need a belt. 25 minutes, top of the card, undercard, five title fights, four or five title fights. So, yeah, I'm, I'm shocked in that regard that it's not Connor. I really am. Because mm. he's the biggest star in the sport still. Yeah, he is. He is. You know? It's going to, mate, it's going to be. Can we get Habib? Can we get Habib out of retirement <laughs> for one last dance? Fight Only for GSP. Or whatever it is. Only for GSP. Can they get GSP and Habib together? That's what I'm talking about. You know, if you look back at UFC 200, where you had Daniel Cormier versus Anderson Silva, you had like uh, Frankie Edgar versus Jose Aldo. You know, there was a, a couple of like iconic type fight stage, you know what I mean? Rather than just fights that necessarily made fence. Brock Lesnar, Mark Brock, 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 just for that fight. Cain Velasquez, Travis Brown was a big fight. You know, I know. Do you remember the default. gold canvas? The gold yeah, exactly. canvas that they had. Hey. All that. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So. Listen, as long as as long as Jim Miller kicks off the card, that's priority number one. Let's get that locked down for sure. But when you think about it, though, you talk about you know we're wanting another three title fights there to go with uh, Wiley versus Yao Nan. We've already got Charles Oliveira versus Armand Sarukian, sensational yeah, fight, final eliminator to face Islam. We've already got Prahachka versus Rakic, as I've just mentioned. Great fight if Rakic wins. Imagine if they're imagine if they're prelims though. They will be. You got Calvin Cater versus Aljamain Sterling as a prelim in Aljo's new run at featherweight, you know, and you got Bo Nickel who's a rising superstar. He's probably going to be on the early prelims. So, yeah, man. Let's hope interesting that stuff. Let's hope that they're prelims. They will be. They will be prelims. Absolutely. Uh, I'm sure there'll be. Uh... More dead and white videos to drop over the next seven to 14 days. I think he said the next couple of days, didn't he? I'm hoping it's going to be over the weekend when we find out the main event and everything else. So just got to just got to finalise that zeros with Ronda. The, the biggest stars I'm, I'm, I'm in the sport. Phoning Tom, I'm phoning Tom later on, see if we get biggest, him rock. The biggest stars in the sport from, the from you know, between 200 and 300 are Connor. Ronda, Habib, Jones. GSP? I think GSP had only gone by 200, but yeah, we'll throw GSP in there. No, he came in for, was it 217 against... Uh, he, he, he dipped in for Mike, yeah. GSP's doing jiu-jitsu. Could he be tempted? Maybe. Habib, I'd be very surprised if we can tempt him back. Jones has already ruled himself out with the injury. Connor has been sidelined till July. And Anderson Ronda's, Silva's fighting Sean Strickland, isn't he? I think I think last time I seen Ronda say something, she said she'd left wrestling to actually have another baby. So maybe Ronda's out of the equation as well. So I, I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting. There's got to be at least one icon, legend. Oh, my shitting days. Really? Sensational fight. And with all due respect, Leon versus Bilal. Even Alex versus Ankalaev, if he was. Are they bringing through. right then? Are they bringing Masvidal back? 
Maybe, but to fight who? BMF versus BMF. Masvidal against Gaethje. Come on. With all due I, listen, I'm just spitballing ideas. I'm not saying that that should happen. I'm just saying yeah. I can see the narrative. I can see the marketing. The original BMF against the current BMF. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, baby. Where's Nate Diaz when you need him? Yeah, Where's come on, Nate. Nate. Where are Diaz? you, lads? I think Nate Diaz, Masvidal, two, three, or whatever it is. That that probably makes a bit more sense than Gaethje, but hey ho. We're gonna find out, kids, in the next few days, I'm sure. Keep your eye on Dana's Insta, like Adam does. Yeah, constantly scrolling, <laughs> refreshing. Uh, which leads us on nicely to the first UFC of uh, the new year. We're back, and it's rematch central, kids. There's rematches all over the place, and I'm extremely excited for two of these. Um, Magomed Ankalaev and Johnny Walker going at it again. Of course, we were there for the first one, and it was shaping up nice. Johnny Walker went into that fight in hot street. Magomed Ankalaev was hot up until the draw. Yeah. And there was questions about him. Obviously, he wanted to right that wrong and get himself back on the title trail. Fight was shaping up nicely. And then all of a sudden, Doctor steps in, asks Johnny Walker a question. He says, I'm in the desert. Factually correct. <laughs> the doctor doesn't like the answer. Next thing you know, the fight's waved off. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but ridiculous. we're here. I'm glad, that they've re- I'm, I'm glad that they've remade it. I'm just gutted for the lads that it's behind uh, closed doors. It's not going to be uh, all, all singing and all dancing. Um, and it's number three versus number seven in the division. And as I said a moment or two ago, Give it. We don't know where Jamal Hill's at right now because he's obviously next in line for the for the shot at uh, the new champion Alex Pereira. If he's not fit and he's not ready to rock and roll, winner of this. If you do it in yep. style and you do it fresh and you come out clean as a whistle, you might find yourself on UFC 300 against Alex Pereira in a title fight. Yeah, I think you, you could be absolutely right. Uh, I like the noise that uh, I haven't seen anything with all due respect to to from Johnny Walker this week yet. But I've seen what Ankalaev's been saying. And Ankalaev sounds like a little bit of a man possessed. And I would expect that from a fighter that was just one loss in his entire career running into the Jan Blachowicz fight. That mm-hmm. loss, of course, was in the last 10 seconds when he tapped in London to Paul Craig. Um, a fight that he's absolutely bounced back from. Looked incredible. Debut that, wasn't it? Was that his UFC debut, was it? Yeah, it's 17 debut, of one record. One second to go. Debut, yeah. Tapped, yeah. Um, Absolutely unbelievable talent. Someone that both of us on numerous occasions have backed to be the next light heavyweight champion. Fluffed his lines against Jan Blahovic. We were ringside, cage side for that one. It was a bit of a damn squib of a fight in the end. And Kalaev came out afterwards, said he suffered a pretty serious injury early on. He had to do it, grind it, try and grind it out on the ground. It ends up being scored a draw. Then he goes into the Johnny Walker fight. You think Johnny Walker, you know, potentially, even though he's resurgent right now, would have struggled against Ankalaev's all-round game. But before the fight even started, we had this ridiculous decision out in Abu Dhabi to stop the fight when Johnny Walker clearly wanted to continue the fight. Ridiculous. But anyway, we're here. Ankalaev hasn't had his arm raised since the summer of 2022. Over 18 months since he won a fight, since he won a fight, potentially the best light heavyweight on the planet. That, you can tell by the way he's talking already, that has got this guy fired up and motivated. And he's like, Johnny Walker ain't going to get a chance to weasel out of this fight. 
I'm going to tear him a new arsehole. Not as literal words. I'm kind of putting words in his mouth there. But you know what I mean? Ankalaev. The thing with Ankalaev, he's got all the talent in the world, but he's very stoic. He's very, very reserved. Doesn't say much. Does his talking in the octagon. You know, he's got a manager with a big mouth. He does the talking for him. Ankalaev's just like this quiet, serene fucking killer in the corner. For the first time, I'm seeing a little bit of his personality where he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this guy. I'm going to make a statement. And I think if he does make a statement, if he can finish Johnny Walker, I think Alex Perea is next. Yeah. The way the fight was shaping up the first time around, you kind of felt that Magomed Ankalaev was going to, you know, start to go through the gears a little bit. Yeah. Uh, listen, Johnny, Johnny's after three minutes. And Johnny Walker isn't the type of fighter that wins every second of every round anyway. No. He's very unorthodox, but he's very game. And his jiu-jitsu games resurgence. He's coming off the back of a, a submission win last year. Like Johnny was in three, a good head. Three good ones. Three good yeah. wins on the spin. He, he, he's like you say, resurgence the right word for him. He's in a good place, but he's mm-hmm. taking on a proper killer. When I sat down with him in Abu Dhabi and he had that sensational tracksuit on Johnny Walker. And he's a he's a weird obviously he's a weird character. Everybody knows that just by looking at him. You can see he's a he's a he's certainly a colourful character. But he seems to have this new, like, sense of, right, okay, I don't have to be the crazy zany guy 24-7. I'm comfortable in my own skin. He's married now. He's settled down in Ireland, got himself a lovely Irish wife. Like, he's, those pieces of his life which were potentially chaotic that showed inside the octagon, he's settled now. You know, and, and we, can, we can, SPGs works as well. He's had a central gym for the first time. Mate, for a long of time, course, really. exactly. Yeah, settling down with John over the last few years has, has absolutely changed him, and it may well kick him on to this next stage in his career. And so far, the results have spoken for themselves. He's always got that unorthodox striking style which he can fall back on, but it just seems to be a little bit more considered now, which is important. Will it be enough to beat Ankalaev? I don't know. I still think Ankalaev for me is the best light heavyweight on the planet. He just hasn't got the belt because of opportunities and and fluff on his lines, as I've just said. But I'm certainly not ruling out Johnny Walker in this fight. I'm really not because, for all I know, he might all the butterflies might be flying in formation now. He might have sorted his personal life out, right? That's perfect. Now I've got the talent. Now John's shaped the talent. I'm ready. I'm ready to push on. So I wouldn't bet against them beating Ankalaev and getting that title shot for himself. He's got mad power. And like you just said, he's so unorthodox. He throws stuff from crazy angles. He's prepared to, you know, throw in some spinning stuff, some flying knees. Yeah. He's, he, he does all the crazy stuff. Whereas Magomed Ankalaev is very textbook, isn't he? Correct. Um, he, but even if though, he's fired up and aggressive, will yeah. that make him make a mistake? And can Johnny Walker capitalize? Yeah. I think we're going to get a really good fight because even though you look at Magomed Ankalaev as the more rounded fighter and he does have better you would think better grappling than, than Johnny Walker. They both like to stand and bang, man. They both like to have a fight. They both like to knock their opponent out. That's what they, yeah. that's what they, that's what their first intentions are. Um, I don't think it goes long, you know, I, th- I think we've got a firefight on our hands. I think it's a smaller cage. It's quiet as fuck in there. Let's just, I think it's from as soon as the door shuts. And as you've just said, I'm going to be fired up. Walker's going to be, Fully aware of the 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 possibility of getting a title fight off the back of it. This is it. I think they're going to throw down. And I, if we get more than ten minutes, I'll be gobsmacked. Yeah, I, I don't think it goes that long at all, you know. But 
One thing I will say is the the poor run that Johnny Walker had was during lockdown. In that cage. It was behind closed doors. A lot of it was at the apex. And is he the type of fighter that needs a crowd, that needs that emotion, is. that needs that ride with him? You know, He's the runner wins that he have. I think he'd be Kutalabra behind no Kutalabra, that was a that was an, a, a T Mobile show. So he's had since we came out of lockdown, he's beat Kutalabra, he's beat Paul Craig, he's beat Anthony Smith, all in front of fans, all with big performances. So was the Johnny think, was the Anthony Smith one not behind closed doors, that one? Because that's the one that Anthony Smith was talking to him, wasn't he? No, no, that was in Charlotte, eighteen thousand Charlotte, was it, North, was it in North front Carolina. Of, was yeah. it in front of fans that? Right. But they were all, they were they were in the last two years. You know that was his last two years. Kutalaba, Paul Craig, and Anthony Smith uh, since 2022. So you know he's had three wins, three big wins, three career resurgent wins. Yeah. In the time that Ankalaev hasn't even had his arm raised, Ankalaev's had a year, had eighteen months of pure frustration, where Johnny Walker's had eighteen months or t- nearly two years of going, I fucking clocked it now. I've clocked it. That's hmm. right. This is right. That's right. Ah, okay. Now it's time to live up to my full potential. Whereas Ankalaev's had one frustration after another frustration. So yeah, man. I'm, honestly, I think it's fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. I think that I think the apex will suit Ankalaev just because the way his personality is. But if Johnny Walker can catch him and catch him early, he's got the ability to finish anybody. Uh, main event rematch, as we've just been referring to there, and it's a, a fight that didn't conclude the first time around, hence getting the rematch. The fight in the core main event did conclude the first time around, and they're going at it again. Matthias Nakalao taking on Mano Cap. Um, two lads that I've told you about in the past that I've tipped uh, for Superstar. When Mano Cap came in off the back of a great ri- rising run, obviously he had Pantoja first up, then he had uh, Matthias Nikolaou in his second fight. But yeah. before he arrived in the UFC, he said, Mano Cap's the guy. He's going to be the champ. He's going to be this. He's going to be that. And he obviously lost his first two fights. So I look like a bit of a clown saying that. Uh, Matthias Nicolau, last year, I tipped him to, for superstardom. He runs into Brandon Royval, ends up getting, uh, getting chinned. But that just shows, for me, the competitiveness and how good the quality is now in this flyweight division. This is a brilliant, brilliant fight. The first fight was a split decision. In favour of Nicolau, you could probably have made an argument that Cap did take it, but listen, me being a Nicolau fan, I, uh, I championed uh, that that decision. It's number five versus number six. I don't know what it means ramification-wise for titles because we've already got Moreno against Albazi, which is obviously going to be next in line for Pantoja. Kaikara Francis slightly above these guys as well, but the winner of this absolutely propels themselves maybe for an eliminator next fight out. Um, I think it's a fantastic matchup, Mano Cap has started to do the things that I thought he would do right from the start. First two, don't get me wrong, he's, t- he's taking on the top, top boys. He falls short. He then sorts himself out. He's looked really, really good. He started getting lippy as well. I like that. He started to get, started to pick fights at press conferences and all that and started to make show his personality off, which obviously resonates with the fans. He started to become a little bit of a, oh, I know that guy. That's that geezer that were gobbing off at the press conference. And then when you watch him fight, he, he delivers. I think we might get a very different fight this time around, you know. Um, Cap's in really good nick. And we don't know how Nicolau's going to react to the knockout loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a good shine To Roy Val. You never know, mate. You never know. Um, I think this is a great, great piece of matchmaking. 
it just makes perfect sense. As you say, Nicola was on this incredible run, then he goes and gets caught by Roy Val and gets chinned and loses his world title opportunity. Meanwhile, Manel Cap faces Pantoyer on his debut, faces Nicolau in his second fight, loses them both, as you say, a split. Since then, he's gone 4-0. Two stoppages in there as and well. And look good. And look good. And look, and look great. So, yeah, you're right. This is almost a bit like a little bit of an, a, 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 an eliminator below the eliminator, if you like, to, to, to jostle for position under, under Pantoja. Pantoja needs fresh opponents this year, fresh challenges. You know, they can't just keep putting them in with Moreno every single time until Moreno wins the belt. That's something we've seen a lot of in this flyweight division more than any other division is rematch on rematch on rematch on rematch. I think it's time to open up the division and start seeing other challenges. Uh, I think Albazi has got a real strong chance against Moreno and obviously that will propel him into a sense, you know, a real opportunity against Pantoja. And I think if Nicolau especially... I mean, listen, the winner of this, let's argue, the winner of this will be wanting Albazi to win because that puts them in the spot below Albazi. Because when you look at the top of the flyweight division, below Pantoja, the top six or seven, three or four of them have already lost to Pantoja. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to work damn hard to get back there. Now, Manuel Cap is one of those guys, but Manuel Cap at least can go, well, it's on me fucking debut, kids. Mm-hmm. Since then, I've gone 5-0 and now, and I've beaten the guy that beat me in my second fight as well. Give me the opportunity, and I could see him getting that opportunity. Likewise, Nicolau, right? I got caught against Roy Val. That can happen to anybody. I've just beat Manel Cap. I'm battling flow again. As soon as Albazi's ideas go, I'm fucking next. And you can sell that fight because he's fresh blood to Pantoja. They've never faced each other. So I think it's a really important fight for the flyweight division. And I don't know how it's going to go. Like you, I think Nicolau's a, a really talented guy. But Manel Cap has been a champion outside of this organization. He knows how to win fights. He had the worst possible start, the toughest possible matchmaking. But now he's through that, and he's got that winner's mentality. And losing, as they say, is a habit. And Nicolau's got to break that habit and break it quick. Getting chinned so early against Roy Val, when you've been on such a long win and run, can do fucking crazy things to even the strongest mind. So I'll be interested mm. if Manuel Kep starts fast. Be hard to tell kids because the flyweights and they always start fast. They're all fast. <laughs> it all looks like fast forwards. But it'll be interesting to see if Manel Cap tries to go for him early on just to test those whiskers, just to test that mentality. Yeah. So, yeah, the, I, I'm, I'm, I think it's a great fight. This is this is why uh, I was saying that I think it's going to be difficult for Mohamed Mokai to get a world title shot this year because yeah. there's a bottleneck at the top of the division oh, and they're all elite. So, for example, if Nicolau beats Cap, you would think that they would then rematch the Roy Val fight as an eliminator because Roy Val had a great fight yeah. against Pantoja. He He's already beaten Nicolau. Go again. Yeah. Winner of that will get a title shot. If Cap yeah. wins, you probably put him in with Roy Val. Roy Val's probably going to be the next guy for these two, these two, isn't he? That's that's yeah. probably where that's going to go. And then you've got Kai Kara France who's just sat there going, Well, I'm here as well. Here's my opportunity, yeah, exactly. So it's uh, it is a very tough division if you're outside that top five to be getting title shots. I think this year, um, mm-hmm. but it's so competitive. It's far. It's a far cry from where it was five years ago, isn't it? When they were about to decimate the division and kick it out. Now it's oh, red mate, hot. Now it's it is absolutely red hot. Yeah, of course. Hmm. Now, Jim Miller. Oh, he's on the cards. Oh yes, hacksaw for Jim the, for the forty third time. <laughs> Jim Miller. Jesus Christ, makes his walk to uh, a UFC octagon. 
Um, and he's taking on Gabriel Benitez. Uh, Benitez hasn't fought since August 2022, so he's been out for a period of time. I know that he was scheduled to fight Jim Miller this time last year, I think it was. Didn't materialize. He didn't fight at all in 2023, did Benitez, but Jim Miller's just been cracking on, doing his own yeah. thing, fighting whoever comes his way. Um, I think it's a really, really good competitive fight. I just hope it's not too competitive because I need Jim Miller on UFC 300, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. He's got he's got plenty of time. He's got plenty of time to recover. Listen, uh, this is the type of fight, with all due respect to, to Gabe Benitez, uh, this is the type of fight Jim Miller at this stage of his career should be in. He's not going to do, you know, a, a lightweight or even a welterweight title push. He's not going to, you know, push for a title at the age of 40 in his fucking 55th competitive MMA fight and his 40-odd UFC fight. He doesn't need that. That's not what his legacy is about. He's the most active fighter we've ever had in the UFC. And, you know, there's old good muscle, man. He deserves some protection. No, he just deserves considerate matchmaking. And Gabe Benitez, for me, is considerate matchmaking. With all due respect mm -hmm. to Gabe, he wins as many as he loses. And I think it's a perfect fight to extend that record, which is what he deserves, and then set him up perfectly to kick us off at UFC 300. And hopefully... And again, Jim Miller's only 40 years old. He's fresh as a daisy. But if Jim Miller takes his glove off after the win, Robbie Lawler style at UFC 300, you can fucking end the show there. End it after the first fight. You've already done it. You've written all the headlines. Do you honestly so, think yeah. he's he ain't retiring, man? He's going to try and get on UFC 400. He's going to keep going, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he will. Honestly, you're kidding yourself if you think he's retiring at UFC 300. What a wonderful time to go. But come on, man. It's Jim Miller. Yeah. Indestructible. Listen, fingers crossed. He comes through this weekend, unhurt, unbanged up, go and have a couple of weeks off, get back in the gym, and then let's announce Miller at 300. That would be awesome. Uh, Ricky Simon, Mario Bautista. Um, as, listen, did you just say fight the night? Yep. You're going fight the night, are you? Yep. Um, Bautista's in really good form. Ricky Simon, of course, uh, for British and Welsh fight fans in particular, you'll know that he's got that win over uh, Jack Shaw on his record. He lost last time out, didn't he, against Song Yudong, but it was a firefight. He just went, well, fuck it. Let's have it. Let's go. Mm -hmm. uh, Yudong got to him in the end. Um, I think stylistically, it just matches brilliantly. I just hope that because it's behind closed doors, it's not 5-10% lower than it should be. With, with the energy yeah. in the room, these two just absolutely have it, don't they? Yeah, of course. You know, and you've got Bautista, who's on a who's on a five-fight winning run, who's always super entertaining, always jostling for performance and fight of the night bonuses, taking on Ricky Simone, who himself was on a five-fight winning run, littered with bonuses, before he, he lost the song Yadong last summer. I don't think either of the guy, these guys are going to one day get to a title fight, but that doesn't mean they're not super, super entertaining. They're guys with skill that is quite quickly overtaken by the will to just fucking get in there and have a proper scrap. And I think this can only be a fight of the night contender, even in front of uh, a room of about 50 people, including Mark Zuckerberg or whoever, this fight will catch fire because it's just the two, the styles make fights and stylistically these two guys can fight, man. You see my tip, not maybe not for fight of the night, but a guaranteed bonus is Phil Hose against Bruno Ferreira. The reason why I'm tipping it is because Halsey's three and three in his last six. 
He has a you were you or him type of attitude, right? Yes, he's lost his last two, but yeah. he has a you or him type of attitude. Ferreira is that guy. <laughs> the Hulk. That's all he does. Ferreira's out he's the contender built. series. Yeah, I know. Uh, he's never ever been to the judges, Ferreira, in all of his uh, MMA career. I get it. He's one and one in the UFC. So you look at that going, oh, is he all that? Well, he got clipped last time because he has the exact same attitude as Phil Holmes. He comes yeah. in, he throws big bombs. On debut, he beat our mate Gregory, did he? Rodriguez, Mr. Robocop, beat him, starched him. So this ain't going at that. I'm not saying it because I don't want to jinx it, right? But someone's getting knocked out in that fight. <laughs> it might happen within five minutes or 15 minutes, but someone's getting knocked out. There's a perform- I think there's a performance bonus in that fight. Yeah. You know, you've got Ferreira, as you say, the Hulk, 11 and 0, 11 finishes. Uh, sorry, 10 and 1. Sorry, 10, 10 and 1 yeah. he is. 10 finishes, yeah. 11 finishes, because he got finished. Yeah. <laughs> Every single one of his fights has been a finish. Only one of them has been out of the first round. I think it was second or third fight of his career went to round number two. Every, Including the defeat, every other fight Ferreira's had has finished in round number one. Except The interesting one. thing, the interesting thing is that he is. He is coming off the loss. We've never seen him yeah. react to loss, have we? Or, lo- exactly. or react to knockout. So we don't know where he's at mentally. This but is if a he's guy like... that steamrolls everyone in round one. In his last yeah. fight, someone steamrolled him in round one. How yeah. will he react yeah. to that? How will Hulk react to that? And I just say, Phil Hawes on the opposite side. Phil Hawes has had 17 professional fights. Been to the judges' scorecards twice. That's yeah. it. Two occasions. Both, uh, I think one was outside the, the UFC. Yeah, what's well, it, yeah. Uh, yeah, back to back. Sorry, yeah, him and Marvin yeah. and, and Kyle Daukas. That was in 2021. Since then, back to what he knows best. That's kill or you be killed. Yeah. Last three fights. Uh, no, he's last won and lost two, on it? He's won one and lost three of his last four. And he's yeah. been the three losses he's had have been knockouts in the first. He's going, kid. He's getting knocked out. <laughs> Bill Hawes <laughs> is getting knocked out in round number one by Bruno the Hulk Ferreira. There we go. He's been knocked out three times in his last four fights in the first round. Bruno Ferreira's built a career knocking people out in the first round. Performance. Get balls. your money on. Get your money on Phil Hawes after he's just yeah. said that. Phil Hawes is going to land on him in the first round. Exactly. Jeez. Right, listen, a couple of ones to watch on the um, on the prelims. Uh, my guy kid, Joshua Van. There's a kid here making his debut. Yeah, my guy uh, is making. There's a guy making his debut against Joshua Van in the in the first fight. Uh, grappler. Um, Bunez, the other two. Yeah, the other two that I wanted to just highlight: uh, Marcus McGee. We saw him last year. Fucking hell, he loves a KO. This guy. He's an absolute maniac. In fact, that's his nickname, the maniac. Uh, he's matched with a fella that does exactly the same thing as him. So expect fireworks in the Marcus McGee fight. And Farid Basharat, who loves a submission, uh, he's fighting a fella uh, that beat Carl uh, Lochran, if you remember, uh, last year. Yeah. Uh, Basharat's on a wonderful turn at the moment, undefeated, of course. Uh, looks good every single time he steps inside uh, any type of cage. I know he's only been with the UFC on two occasions, uh, but he's looked great. Uh, so Marcus McGee, Farid Basharat and Joshua Van. Keep an eye on them, from my point of view anyway, on the prelims. Yeah, Basharat versus Lapalus is a sensational fight. Lapalus was really tough, really game against Kyle Lochran, and, and, and that was a real big win for him. Uh, but Basharat, as you say, undefeated in 11. 
so so talented. You got an Aussie on here as well, Tom Nolan, who's undefeated outside of the UFC, making his UFC debut. Interesting to see what he's all about. Josh Van, you've talked about him extensively previously, um, and how talented he is. And then we've got a heavyweight. I've never heard of him before. I think he's making his UFC debut. His name is Andreoff. Andre Arlov, Arlovsky, Arlovsky. <laughs> never heard of him before, but uh, you know what? These Eastern Europeans are like definitely worth keeping an eye. Let's hope he's good. How old is he? How old is he now? Uh, Sixty-three years of age is the pit bull these days. This is his one thousand seven hundred eighty-four professional fight, um, and in typical fucking. Andre Arlovsky style, the former UFC heavyweight champion now. Like Jim Miller, he's like a good old shit that won't flush. She's just keeps on rocking. <laughs> absolutely. And he's taking on a fucking young Brazilian who's an absolute killer, who's lost once in his entire career. And it's, listen, it's typical of the UFC. It's typical of Andre Arlovsky. Bring them on, man. Next generation, bring them on. But I tell you what, there's not many that get a win against Andre Orlovsky, even at this stage of his career, you've got to be a bit special to beat Andre. Um, so that's going to be interesting to look at that cross-generational fight. Absolutely. Listen, it's great to have you back. Uh, back in business this weekend, lots to get stuck into uh, and lots to enjoy across both MMA and boxing. We've just released our boxing podcast, so you can get stuck into that as well as we preview Artem Peturbiev and Callum Smith. So lots for you to consume between now uh, and fight night, and then make sure you come back and join us on Monday as we get stuck into uh, the full review. You can subscribe to us via our website, fightdisciples.com. All the audio feeds are there, and we're also on YouTube, Fight Disciples. So if you're watching this video right now, just hit subscribe as this video finishes, and then you'll never miss out on any of the stuff that we bring your way. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.